When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. On this episode of Newt's World, I'm really pleased to welcome back Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, John Androsik of Five for Fighting. He recently released a song and new music video entitled OK about the October 7th Hamas attacks on Israel. OK is a composition that expresses his heartfelt view about the attacks and also shines a light on the reaction to the attacks, both in the United States and around the world. OK is not a political message, but it is a moral one. John wrote OK following his previous songs Blood on My Hands, about the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, and Can One Man Save the World, which was recorded in Kyiv in support of Ukraine. I'm really pleased to welcome back my guest, John Andrasik. John, welcome, and thank you for joining me again on Newt's World. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Let's start with your reaction to the Hamas October 7th attack on Israel. What was your initial reaction? I think we're all just horrified and disgusted. It reminded me of the aftermath of 9-11, just seeing images we never could have imagined. And frankly, it reminded me a little bit of the Afghan withdrawal, when you just saw babies being thrown over barbed wire fences, and you just wonder what world you're living in. And I think we're all we're just stunned and horrified and sickened by the images. It's interesting because although you entitled the song OK, the refrain is, we are not OK. Why did you not entitle the song, we're not OK? <laughs> I probably should have, actually. But to me, it was like, OK, we cannot stand on the sidelines anymore. Okay, we cannot bury our heads in the sand anymore. It is a time for choosing. That's the first lyric. And I think that's really where we're at. Certainly the song recognizes 
the October 7th atrocities, but it's really not about that. It's about the aftermath. It's about the moral collapse of so many of our institutions. Literally, we saw within 24 hours, thousands of people celebrating these atrocities in Times Square. We quickly saw our colleges become this kind of Hamas central celebration factory. And then, of course, in our media, very quickly, many of the media started picking up Hamas talking points. And of course, we have the Hamas caucus in the House of Representatives, where we literally have members of Congress who are mouthpieces, at the least, for Hamas. And I think that really inspired my fear and my disgust. And that's really what the song's about. Now, you've said that you were inspired to write, okay, by New York City Mayor Eric Adams' October 10th speech at a New York City rally. Well, what was it about that speech that got to you? Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, in the days after October 7th, Mayor Adams did come out and he gave a speech saying, you know, something's really wrong. We're not all right. Something's broken when we have people celebrating the kidnapping of grandmothers, the rape of girls, the beheading of babies in front of their parents. And people like me said, wow, that's a brave speech, but it shouldn't be a brave speech. It should be what everybody's saying. Anybody who's sane, anybody who has a heart, anybody who has a mind and a brain should be condemning these people who are celebrating these atrocities. So, yes, it did kind of spur that thought of something's deeply wrong. But I think, you know, Mr. Speaker, we've known for a long time many of these institutions have become rots of anti-Semitism, radicalism, wokeism, oppressor versus oppressee. But I think if there's anything that came out of these attacks that I think is positive is we see everybody's true colors now. We see it at the UN. We see it in members of the House. We see it on our colleges. So at least our eyes are open and we can finally address that we are losing the generation, our generation of kids. Half of our kids between 1824 side with Palestine over Israel. Half of them or 70% believe Israel's oppressor. 20% believe the Holocaust never happened. So we're losing a generation of children. And these are not children in Gaza or Iran, or the Middle East. These are American children and European children. So the consequences have never been higher. You've said that, I'm quoting you, the causes of the moral decline in our campuses and our culture and institutions have been growing and metastasizing for decades, and that the inability to call out Hamas is not the root of the problem. It is the symptom of a deeper decay. But when do you think this decay started? Well, Look, it's been going on for decades. You've talked about it for decades. I think we've seen it, especially on our college campuses, this kind of oppressor versus oppressee mindset where it doesn't matter the action somebody takes. It's whether you're perceived as oppressor or oppressee. It infects all aspects of our culture. You know, it makes me sad. I end the video with a Martin Luther King quote saying, you know, silence in the face of evil is complicity. And I think Martin Luther King's vision has been lost. It's not about the content of your character. It is about the color of your skin. And that applies to all this mindset of these folks who seem to push aside these terrible atrocities because they've been brainwashed that if you're successful in the world or you have a democracy, then there's something wrong with you. And it doesn't matter if you kill, destroy, maim. It's really a battle for civilization versus those who want to destroy it. You know, Barry Weiss did say, you know, 
the rise of anti-Semitism is just the tip of the spear. They're coming for you next. And I think we've been kind of naive and afraid to confront this for years. And now we're seeing the results of that. You know, I have to say that I was surprised at the scale and the intensity of the pro-Hamas movement across many of our elite campuses. I expected some. I think it was at Harvard, virtually every student organization was pro-Hamas. I think had no idea how horrifying it was that they were, in fact, as you point out, I mean, they're accepting the beheading of babies. I find it pretty hard to tolerate a university that has grown that kind of anti-human callousness. And what makes it worse is it's the leaders. Many of the professors, many of those teaching our kids were celebrating the atrocities. The presidents of these so-called elite universities were shrugging their shoulders when we know if any other group was being attacked, there would be mass rallies in support of whatever you know minority group that they feel is appropriate to have human rights and have freedom of speech. And so, yeah, I think it was stunning. Look, when the three presidents testified to Congress, I think that was a defining moment when they had to use the word context to decide if putting babies in an oven, baking them in front of their parents, filming it, and then sending it to the families on Facebook was evil. That needs context. That just shows how bastardized the system has become. And even after that hearing, the board members of Harvard unanimously supported her. They only found a technicality with her plagiarism to ask her to resign. So that just shows how deep the rod is. And look, you know, don't send your kids to Harvard. Send them to Alabama. Send them to Texas. This doesn't happen in the SEC, supposedly the racist schools. So it's like, I think we really had our eyes opened. Bill Ackman's been great. You know, there's a lot of people kind of seeing the world in a new light. When Israel shared my song on their social media, I think I got a certain sense of what Jewish people face every day with death threats and vitriol. And I think many Jewish folks who've leaned left and kind of followed the progressive mindset are also reevaluating their worldview. Because I was at a screening of a documentary on the Nova concert the other day, and many Jewish people were saying, look, we marched <laughs> with the African-American cause. We stood up for George Floyd. Where is everybody for us? So I think so many Jews just feel abandoned, and especially in the arts, frankly. The arts have been shameful. Very few artists have stood up and condemned Hamas. Virtually no music industry artists have condemned Hamas. And this is the group who, after 9-11, Every icon played the concert for New York. This is Live Aid. This is Sun City. So why has the artists all of a sudden lost their moral soul? I mean, the infection runs deep and it's very depressing. Why do you think they have so clearly failed morally and have adopted a policy that people like you and me would think of as insane? I mean, why does that run through the arts community so decisively? I wish I had a good answer for you. You know, I have talked to some folks and some representatives and they say, well, they're scared. They're scared for their families. They don't want their concerts protested. And frankly, that's true. And my response is, well, those are the same arguments people used in 1938 to kind of not speak out. And with every voice, we get stronger. I also think we're in this kind of Everybody's so afraid of being canceled. And I think you have the managers and the agents saying, oh, you can't say anything. 
but it really is just, I think, an evident fact of why we are not okay as a culture when people are either afraid or frankly, I think many of them have bought in to this kind of mindset of Israel having some blame or kind of deserves it. But it's just this kind of ugly mix of cowardice, selfish kind of brandism and infection of the culture. I can't imagine this happening 20 years ago. So, you know, I think all these things have brought us to this point. And I remember <laughs> you had a quote that I like to talk about when someone asked you, you know, there's this culture war going on. So how does it end? And you said, when somebody wins. And it's the same now with the world. And we're on this tipping point of those who want to destroy civilization. I mean, just look at the UN. The UN has still not condemned Hamas. Yesterday, one of the ministers said they don't look at UN as a terrorist organization. We're seeing the UN RWA were basically partners in hand with Hamas and still are. Look at the Red Cross. Just today, Alexei Navalny was killed in Russia. So Putin's emboldened. And I think the fecklessness of the West is a big part of that. You know, we talked when Blood in My Hands came out about Afghanistan just being the first of many dominoes. Ukraine was the next. Is it any surprise that Israel was the next? Taiwan will probably be coming. And if we don't get some leadership and some strength in our Western leaders, I think we're losing. As I said, the consequences could not be more dear for our kids and the generations to come. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Given your willingness to stand publicly for a moral position those on the left hate. How much personal pushback do you get? You know, I don't get invited to those parties anyways. <laughs> it's been interesting. You know, when Blood of My Hands came out, I certainly was no 
favorite of folks on the left. But when you, the Ukraine song came out, I think more folks supported it. And it's been interesting. I've been very disappointed, frankly, with many on the right with their kind of refusal to see the bigger picture on Ukraine. I certainly understand spending the money, the waste of the money. I was in Ukraine. There were no boots on the ground seeing where's that money going. And I understand the argument of why are we spending this money where it's going? But I think so many on the right now kind of moving to dismiss Ukraine is probably one reason why Putin's feeling emboldened. So all of a sudden I find some new friends on the left, but then here comes my Israel song and all of a sudden nobody in the music industry wants to talk to me again. So it's one of those things we're very tribal in this country. I get it. But to me, all these are moral messages. They're not political ones, but we know everything is political. I mean, you've spent your life kind of living this. And so I'm kind of used to it now. And I just kind of let it roll one way or the other. And those who are willing to support this cause, look, this issue should have no political bent. Mark Levin shared my video and Deborah Messing shared my video. You cannot get further apart politically than Mark Levin and Deborah Messing. So I think we need to put our tribalism aside because this really is a battle for the soul of the world and it should have nothing to do with politics. And for those who want to join this mission, I welcome everybody because we need everybody. I was really struck. I mean, you have, you have a knack for combining moral concern with artistic capability. When you released Can One Man Save the World, the companion music video had the Ukrainian orchestra filmed in Ukraine. That must have been quite an experience. I mean, what was that like? It was surreal. It's hard to put it into words today. It was every emotion. It was invigorating. It was depressing. It was angering. It was inspiring. Quick little story. We filmed in the Antonov Airport where the symbol of Ukrainian independence is an airplane. It's called the Maria. It's the biggest plane in the world. Cargo plane flew during COVID. In the outset of the war, Putin went and blew it up. So here we were with this orchestra in this bombed out airport in front of the symbol of Ukrainian independence playing this song with an incredible Ukrainian orchestra. And I saw out of the corner of my eye an entourage coming over. It was the general who allowed us to play there, some of his Rambo soldiers, you know, with hair down to their waist and guns in each hand, and 250 pound linebackers. And he said something I'll never forget in Ukrainian. He said, you know, thank you for coming. President Zelensky approved this personally, and I'd like to hear the song. And when he said, I'd like to hear the song, you saw all the musicians kind of stand up and get kind of all nervous because this general was kind of like their Schwarzkopf. He was kind of like the face of the war. And so we started playing the song and the orchestra played with vigor and passion. And I was singing and there were tears. And I saw some of these big Rambo guys put their sunglasses on because they started getting teary up. And when we finished the song, there was a silence that probably was five or six seconds, but it felt like weeks, the emotion, the weight of that moment. And at that moment, we were all one. We were not American guy and Ukrainians and generals. We were just people kind of trying to find each other in this moment of tragedy and these folks under this horrible oppression. And everybody was crying. Then I realized... Virtually nobody knew the words. They didn't know the lyric. <laughs> they didn't know the words. All it was was this musical expression of playing music and people together. And that just reminded me of the power of music. And that's why I think these efforts in the arts are so critical. And that's why we need more. 
our good buddy Andrew Breitbart always used to say, politics is downstream of culture. And if we are going to save the next generation, the arts has to play a major role. They don't listen to speeches. They don't read articles. The only thing that moves them is culture. So that trip to Ukraine reminded me of that. And I think that's one reason why I made this video that seems to be impacting. And frankly, we're trying to put together some even larger projects to bring the arts into this battle. Because as of now, as I said, in the arts, we are losing it. It's really very worrisome that you would think artists would have found it relatively easy to rally against the kind of terror that we saw on October 7th. But if anything, they had to either be quiet or they had to somehow explain that it was reasonable for Hamas to react this way because they've been treated badly. I mean, stuff that is just crazy and factually false, but that is now believed by millions and millions of people. And by doing that, they basically enable Hamas and enable the next attack. And some of these morally equivalent statements are even worse. You know, look, obviously war is bad. You know, civilian casualties are tragic. And I care as much about a Palestinian child as I do a Ukrainian child, an Israeli child, an Afghan child. But if we really truly care about them, don't we have to look at the world with open eyes and take actions to remove Hamas from Gaza, to support Ukraine against Putin, to recognize that girls in Afghanistan still don't go to school. And I have 15 girls still trapped in Pakistan. You know, if we don't recognize that, again, enables the bad guys and artists need to wake up. And hopefully we're seeing a few signs of that. And sometimes it just takes a little push. But yeah, I'm with you. It's a mad world. It's an insane world. Sometimes we think we live in an alternate universe. But all we can do is fight the fight the best we can, and everybody matters. It's doubly difficult because you can't get across to these artists that most of them would be killed. <laughs> if they were trying to operate within the Taliban or they were trying to operate within Hamas, they'd be dead. It isn't like they'd have this glorious future. They would have no future. And you just can't get it through to them. It's almost like a cult, you know, it's almost like a cult where you've been brainwashed and sanity, reality, persuasion doesn't matter. But we see that in many other aspects of society, you know, with the wokeism. Look, biological men probably shouldn't be playing against biological women in sports. It has nothing to do with the trans issue. It just seems sane. But so many people have a big problem with that issue. So I think we're just seeing this kind of infection of the wokeism where we're all kind of common sense feelings and ideas pale to this overarching dogma of if you are the perceived oppressed class, nothing else matters. And hopefully, again, hopefully we're seeing the tide change. You know, we are seeing some folks fighting back against the rot in the schools. Hopefully some of the Hamas caucus loses the election and are not in office anymore. You know, hopefully some of these business leaders who've been fronting the wokeism have a second thought. But again, we have a long way to go. It's not just in the United States. Just look at the UN to see how far the rot has gone. And that's going to take generations to overcome. From BBC Radio 4. 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. It's fascinating that when the Canadians offered an amendment to the resolution which called for a humanitarian truce in Gaza. It's always interesting. Right after they slaughter people, they'd like a truce. Well, and also, you know, the floating of a Palestinian state by the Biden administration to me is just sickening. So you're basically going to reward Hamas for committing all these atrocities with the Palestinian state. All that means is every other terrorist organization in the world is going to commit these atrocities feeling they get what they want. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. I hope that's not the case, but you're right. It's insanity versus sane. It's good versus evil. As I say, in the United Nations case, the Canadians offer an amendment that would have condemned the October 7th terrorist attacks and demanded immediate release of the hostages and was voted down. That's all you need to know and still is voted down. Yeah. Sometimes they tell you who they are and we need to believe them. You know, it's not surprising that the UNRWA was basically infiltrated with Hamas or frankly run by Hamas. And we just need to stop hoping that the world gets better. We need to recognize who these people are. We need to stand against them. We need to defund the UN and start over. I mean, it's gone. There's no hope for the UN. So I think we need to just not take them as a serious body and everybody else stand up and do the right thing. As I said, it has been awakening for so many of us, but it's just so tragic that we had to have this biggest killing of Jews since the Holocaust to perhaps get everybody to realize how dangerous these times are. Well, and I think, as you pointed out, a part of this is that the takeover of education by hardline leftists means that a lot of young people just don't know anything. Yeah, you're right. They're being taught revisionist history. They're not being taught math, reading and writing. And what we're seeing is the results of that. Because as you mentioned, this has been going on for decades. So it's not just our kids right now. It's the folks that have been indoctrinated by this kind of mindset who are now running many of our media organizations, running hedge funds, presidents of our universities. So it's no surprise to see some of this insanity because they've been indoctrinated 
since they were kids, and now they're running many of these institutions that are collapsing in front of our eyes. One of the side effects or side influences, there's a study by the National Association of Academics, which suggests that between 2001 and 2021, the Qataris donated $4.7 billion. So talk about a scale of influence. They're methodically working across the board. No, I'm glad you brought that up. I meant to mention that. But yes, of course, you know, our adversaries are playing the long game and they're winning. Certainly China, the Qataris feeding Northwestern $600 million. And you wonder why the presidents and board of Northwestern are very afraid to say anything that might alienate their benefactors. We have become weak. We have become feckless. We've become foolish. And I think you see that in aspects of our politics and our culture. Our adversaries are taking advantage of that. And that fact alone about Qataris are basically buying up our colleges, China's buying up our land. If that doesn't scare the hell out of you, I don't know what will. You've made clear that the proceeds of the song are going to go to the nonprofits fighting anti-Semitism. That's a pretty big commitment. Not really. (laughs) These songs don't make any money. They're songs, they're not songs that people want to listen to a million times because they're tough issues. But we raised a little money for some NGOs that were rescuing people in Afghanistan. We raised a little money for some Ukrainian aid. You know, one of the blessings of this song is I've met incredible people, just like the other songs, doing great work to fight anti-Semitism, heroic organizations that don't get much funding or get much recognition. So they inspire me. And if I can give them a few dollars to continue their efforts, great. This is not how you get rich in the music business, but it's probably more important to do at least what I feel is the right thing to do. So as you know, the Senate just passed a bill funding both the war in Ukraine and the war in Israel. Do you think the House ought to pass it? I do. And after Putin killed Navalny today, if you need any more impetus to do so, I think we have to. Look, I get it. I understand we have the border issue. I understand things are collapsing at home. But allowing Putin to decimate and take Ukraine is not going to make us any safer and save us any money long term. I'd be interested in your thought. Do you think we should fund Ukraine with the current bill? I think we should absolutely support both Ukraine and Israel. And I think that the House should pass They could modify the Senate bill a little bit because there's some pieces of it that don't make sense to me. But on balance, we have to make sure we get the money to both Ukraine and Israel to enable them to continue to fight. And in the case of both countries, it's a matter of life and death. And I think it's extraordinarily dangerous for Europe and for the United States if Putin wins in Ukraine. And I have a hunch that the murder of Navalny, and that's what it is, will in fact increase the propensity to pass this bill, because I think people will be reminded just how evil Vladimir Putin is. Well, this is not the first time that I've had the wish that you are Speaker of the House today, but I hope the folks there take your wisdom and do the right thing. Well, I hope they do too. And frankly, I don't envy Speaker Johnson. I was very lucky. I never had a margin this small. (laughs) When you have a margin this small, anything can screw it up. And it's a very hard thing to do. I want to thank you for joining me on Newt's World. Our listeners can find a link to your new music video for OK on YouTube. And I want to thank you for keeping the public's attention on the Israel-Hamas conflict. And I also want to mention your continuing efforts 
to help through your charity. What kind of world do you want.com fundraising for Americans for Afghanistan. So you're a great citizen and a tremendous artist and your contributions, I think, are remarkable at a time when so much of the art community has taken a pass on history and has abandoned morality. So I really admire your courage and your commitment. That means a lot. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you to my guest, John Androsik. You can get a link to see his new music video, OK, on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newtsworld is produced by Gamers360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to the Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.